and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 42 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how's Georgia treating you, man? I'm sorry. This account does not exist. Please try again. <laughs> what? <laughs> tweets aren't loading right now. Why, why aren't tweets loading? <laughs> I'm cosplaying an AEW executive. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. None of my tweets are loading, and my replies are very much turned off. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah, it's kind of what we're going to be talking about here a little Folks, bit. Folks, let's talk about posting. Let, let's talk about. Well, it's not, not just. Know, it's not Jeff, just posting. It's not just Jeff, posting. Uh, I oh mean, no, we have a, there's there there are many things to get into, uh, but you well, know, you, you asked me to come to this podcast to talk wrestling with you, and of course. I'm always happy to talk wrestling, and I was glad to come, uh, you know, co-host this podcast to talk wrestling. But now we've entered my world. Now we've entered my realm. Now we've entered the posting zone, and now I have analysis. <laughs> uh, long story short, if you haven't been paying attention this week, uh, a lot of people high up in the hierarchy of all elite wrestling have been. Um, how should I? What's the nicest way I could put this? Uh, showing their ass, <laughs> posting their way through it. Uh, um, you know, they're just posting their way through it. Uh, <laughs> normally I'd say I respect it, but I gotta tell you, um, you know, my base analysis of this is that the AEW executive team are just bad at posting. They're not good at posting Jeff. Uh, oh my goodness. And, and I think this has really come to a head with them in a way that's now, I don't know if it's detrimental cause I don't know how much it's all going to matter after a short period of time, but yes, uh, they did not look good online this week. Uh, I think the most amazing thing about this is that neither Kenny Omega nor any of the Bucks were 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 at the heart of this, which is amazing. Because I mean, they've already had their, their moment them. in the posting sun. Yeah, yeah, they've they they've had their moments. You know, well, the Young Bucks famously deleted their accounts, and I think either their wives or somebody else on the team do all their tweets now. I don't think they tweet from their own accounts anymore. Well, yeah, so, I, I, I I discovered yeah a bunch of people discovered that. Why are we blocked by the being the elite account? And then we remember, oh, that used to be Nick Jackson's account. And yeah, I did catch the block from him. Ah, uh, well, that point, makes so. sense then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and Kenneth, I, I don't know if Kenneth is doing much of his own posting anymore either. I don't know how much of him how, uh, of him is actually just logging on anymore. And he does just very normally promotional tweets now. He's really calmed down. Yeah, I think I think somebody gave them a, a good talking to around the time that they were complaining about complaining about New Japan when you know Tony <laughs> Khan and and Chris Jericho and 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 John Moxley were all very loudly saying, "Yeah, we want to do biz with with New Japan," but you know, yeah, that whole thing also weird. And, and I know that brings the point. They've had the talking to, but how do you talk to Cody and Brandy about this? Who is the one that says this this has to stop because? You know, and, you know, me, very famously, uh, Cody Defender on this podcast. The Cody Defender will not be logging on this week. I uh, Cody handled situations poorly, 
and uh, it should be brought up. So I, we should probably start with Brandy because this is kind of where it all started, right? It was with the AEW yeah. heels response. So last week we talked about AEW heels. We gave some of our, our you know, base analysis and thoughts on it uh, at its inception. You know, people that attended the, the meeting and stuff had very, very nice things to say about it and said it was really good. So, you know, good on them and good on that, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't fault that. However, there was quite a bit of evidence of, you know, Brandy being just as gotten to as the rest of the elite where, where any criticism in LA is concerned. Now, in the official statement, she did mention that, or she or whomever posted that mentioned that, um, you know, there were, you know, threats and, and, and racist tweets being lobbed to her, which, yeah, I can totally buy because this is a, a woman of color on the internet. Yep. Yeah, it's it's Twitter and it's yeah, it's Brandy. So them that, that's inevitable. It's going to happen. People suck online. It's just it is what it is. And, you know, if you're getting a bunch of that bullshit, deleting your account is or, or going away from posting is the right thing to do. It's totally fine to do. And I'm not going to admonish Brandy for for jumping off Twitter. What I think she did poorly was respond to what I thought was legitimate, fair criticism. Um, you know, people, we talked about this last week, right? We, you know, we said they need to address some things. They need to address why this paywall is it what it is. They need to address the content that will be offered for it. They need to address why they paywalled it. And, and they need to, to talk to fans about this, whether people are subscribing or not. And they decided not to handle that very well. And, and my biggest, uh, uh, criticism on what Brandy had to say, um, was something along to the effect of somebody was like, well, everybody doesn't like women's wrestling, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? And that yeah, brings that, me to yeah, that a theory that, that, that I have. Yeah, that tweet was just out of left fucking field. Well, I, here's the thing. I don't think it's out of left field, and here's why. Here's my here's my new theory if you want to put a little tinfoil on with me and come along. I don't think Brandy particularly likes women's wrestling. I don't think she's a big fan of it. Um, and I think that, uh, as much as anything else, is what's responsible for the way women's wrestling is handled in AEW. Well, you know, as we're recording this, there was there. There's not like some sort of open letter going around on on the uh, on the internet. I, I sent it to you. It yeah, I did read me. it. It's I read it. It's wordy. It's an, it's a nice sentiment from a fan. Um, and you know, it's something that they're never going to see or care about. Yeah, <laughs> Just like I mean, the other legitimate it, criticism. Yeah, it, even with the tagging. Yeah, they're never going to look at this. But no, and you know, if it, they they'll 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 do something like Cody did when people were addressing him about the Jericho shit, which we should get into. Oh, we're definitely going to. Because that, that, that's part of it. That's why I mentioned it's not all posting. I mean, some of this is real life. Oh, yeah. But, well, you know, and, and much like uh, much like the posting world, it does bleed into real life once in a while. <laughs> Sometimes indeed. you post too close to the sun. <laughs> like Icarus. <laughs> much like Icarus, you become the, you, you know, he maybe he became the Icarus in his mind. <laughs> but the remix. Uh, yes. <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that, that that was good. That was good. I, I, gotta, I gotta give props for that one, Paul. Um, but yeah, I, mean, it, I flew too close to the sun. My wings they melted all the way. Jesus. Um. So now I've completely forgot what I was gonna say regarding <laughs> this. Brandy Internet. Brandy Internet. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not gonna fall. I mean, I I, I deleted my Facebook in 2016, and I left. I, I left non-wrestling Twitter in, in 2016 for two years. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to fault anybody specifically for deleting their account. However, when you are supposed to be the, the, the alleged branding officer and the social media person at a company, 
Yeah, it, it really is not a good look. And again, I, I can completely 100% buy that she was getting, you know, racist threats because, oh, yeah. you know, again, woman and, of color. And by on the, the way, uh, hey, hey, stop. Hey, don't do that. Hey, that's bad. Don't do it. Yeah, hey, uh, maybe <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, that, that's. You hey, know. hey, no. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> but, you know, to, to, for it, it, it just. Yeah, it, it was the same thing as, you know, the Young Bucks said, yeah, we were getting threats to it. It always seems to be coming at a time when they're getting, criti- you know, legitimate criticism. And, and you know, the, the, both things can be true. These things are yes. not mutually exclusive oh, when you're under a big oh, yeah. tent like which you have as large of a following as they do. So, yeah, I am a big proponent of the idea that just because something is true does not mean something else cannot also be true. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And yeah, I just, yeah, the biggest thing and, and you know, us as fans of, of this show and people who do a podcast about it and follow it very closely, um, you know, we believe in the fans and this is what AEW was supposed to be doing different, right? The, the show that listens to the fans, the show that cares about the fans, the show that doesn't, you know, open, they're not openly hostile and alienate them the way that WWE uh, has for a long time now. And, and yet- I, this type of deflection from legitimate criticism runs totally counter to that mission statement. And there's really no way around it. So that's something that should be addressed and, and should be criticized. Yeah, no, 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 I totally agree. And again, this is, again, I mean, I, I've said this on this show. I, you know, I, I, I maybe had the opportunity to ask for a job from Tony Khan back in February. I mean, I was face to face with the man. And I declined to because I like the freedom I have to criticize when the criticism is warranted. Yeah, and I you know? think this is one of those times where we, you know, we, we, we've talked about how we wanted to make sure we addressed this on this week's show because it's t- as tied into the show as anything else. Um, so, yeah, the AEW heel stuff, I, I hope it's something that, you know, people feel that they're getting their money's worth. That's all I really care about is, like, for the people that are paying the 50 bucks for it, I just hope they feel like they're getting their money's worth. Because that's ultimately the yeah. only people that are actually affected. The rest of us that aren't going to subscribe or watch it or give a shit about it, I don't really care what our opinions are. Who cares? Well, who gives you know, a- at the same know? time, you know, even then, for for people, persons who are or should be in that target audience, I, th- I still think some of the language was exclusionary. However, I'm not enough of an expert on that to, to really get into that. Yeah, I feel you. But I mean, I, I yeah, do feel... And again, I think, I think Brandy's feelings on women's wrestling, which I think she's low-key made pretty clear over the last week or two, have a lot to do with a lot of our criticisms of, of the AEW women's division and how it's been presented to us thus far. Well, you know, um, it, it, it's funny in that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to seg- when we segue into the women's tag cup, I'm going to actually uh, change my opinion of something that we discussed last week. But interesting. In, in a discussion of that fan letter uh, with, uh, you know, friend of the program, uh, Dave Ryan of the uh, of the Days of Thunder podcast, also heard on the PWL podcasting network, um, he, he made the point that, you know, before the lockdown, the biggest problem with the women's division was the fact that Brandy Rhodes and Kenny Omega were booking it. And yeah. and post-lockdown, the biggest problem with the women's division is that two-thirds of the talent can't work right now. Yeah, no, that, that's that's been a big part of it. And I don't even I, that's why I haven't really brought it up a whole lot because, yeah, they're totally hamstrung by that. There's a lot of stuff, you know, involving with, with, you know, with COVID and with affecting who they can get on the show. I think they've done some good stuff to alleviate that, which we'll talk about when we get into the tag team stuff as some more people yeah. debuted this week. Uh, I don't and I don't want to fault Kenny too much because I know Kenny's been a big proponent of Joshi and he knows his way around women's wrestling. 
and I don't know how much of it's his fault, uh, but I will say Brandy wise, I just don't feel like she has a passion for women's wrestling uh, well, uh, in a very strong way. Tony Khan, maybe, maybe not. And I think Tony might have a, a bigger hand in this stuff these days. I hope that they're putting go- their good booking minds on it, regardless of gender backstage. Um, you know, I would hope people like Dean Malenko and Arn and Tully uh, have, have input on the women's division too, but I don't, I don't know anything about that. Well, you know, n- n- well, n- n- never mistake passion for aptitude. No, true, you know, true. You know. so, I mean, yeah, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega may be a huge fan of Joshi. Doesn't mean he's any good at actually producing it. Yeah, I mean, I, we don't know really. I don't know how good we've seen of Kenny being a producer overall yet, right? Like, you know, yeah. he's not a big hand in booking at the moment. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Time will tell because as this show continues, you know, the Bucks and Kenny and Cody, I expect, will be uh, uh, heavier, more involved in the production side of things. Yeah. Uh, moving on, however, uh, we're, we're not done yet because. No, we are not done because, because uh, Brandy's uh, got Brandy's got a husband and he was posting too. Yeah, well, but, you know. Th- the, the 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 posting by her husband is kind of a side note to the bigger issue, which is Chris Jericho, Chris Irvine choosing that's to, something that uh, to play uh, yeah. concerts, you know, at Sturgis. That's something we're going to talk about more when when we get into uh, uh, the Jericho Orange Cassidy match. But yes. Uh, this started when Chris Jericho thought it was a great idea to play a Fozzie concert at Sturgis with, along with Smash Mouth and, uh, con- you know, known sex creep Chris True. So very cool I stuff. I don't know who that Fozzie. is. I don't know who oh, that he, is. Chris True uh, is a, uh, a was a like wrestling personality around the indie scene. <clears throat> also an improv guy who is a known creep and harasser uh, and abuser. So okay. well, I, uh, I, he did I, like I, a lot of the opening acts for these bands at Sturgis. So also very cool stuff there. Yeah, I, I'm afraid I Real never bullshit. heard of this person, so I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good for you. There, I'm so. glad you have bad guy. Um, so yeah, but yeah, there was and puddle of mud. Also, can't forget about puddle of mud. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> now I have heard all about West Scantlin and, and his. Well, West Scantlin is uh, he's something. Yeah, so he, I'm not surprised something. puddle of mud was there. But yeah, uh, surprise, there was surprise, a tra- surprise. Trapped wasn't. <laughs> oh no, trapped was there too. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus, was there too. Well, there we go. Uh, so yeah. I don't think it was a very headstrong decision, uh, for Fozzie to go there. I, but, I think uh, things are, are, I think, uh, things got pretty blurry here. Uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, grossly irresponsible. Yes. Uh, and, and uh, you, I think people who are listening to this probably already saw what was going on at Sturgis and what still is going on. It's a 10 day thing. Uh, it's a super spreader event and there shouldn't be bands playing there, especially when you have an obligation to a, a national wrestling company where you have to get in close proximity with other people and potentially put them in harm's way. Yeah, so... Uh, this was long all around, uh, but what we're going to talk about first is Cody's response to it. So there was a lot of people, you know, rightfully criticizing AEW for even letting Chris go in the first place and for their possible... I don't know. They got to quarantine the guy before he gets back on TV. Like, if this like this thing I don't think is live tonight, I do believe that the show was taped. I, I, uh, I, I've been told that, yes, tonight's show uh, was, in fact, uh, pre-taped. Okay, so yeah, that's fine. But yeah, Chris can't. Chris has to quarantine before he wrestles anybody else. There's just no way around that. And if you don't, you're being wildly irresponsible on the same level as WWE did, and should be admonished in the same fashion. Yeah, so, I, I, I think. Yeah, I think John Moxley may have a couple of things to say about that one. Yeah, especially because you're. Yeah, you made your fucking champion quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, no, so, no, no, no. The other company made their champion quarantine. It's just you know. Yeah, I mean, again, Moxley might have a, a couple of things to say about that, and, and, and Taz too, for that matter. 
for that matter. So Cody responded to a fan in a now deleted tweet uh, uh, asking about this. And I want to read Cody's tweet verbatim because I think it's a very funny tweet. Um, It's now been deleted. It's gone. But uh, the Internet, fortunately, Jeff, is forever. So uh, (laughs) this response reads verbatim. I quote Cody Rhodes here. I think it's often easier to make a succinct point using facts and then move on versus drawing contrarian debate. It's very difficult having large followings on here. Oh, I got two Ben Shapiro on there. Let me slow down here. It's very (laughs) difficult having large followings on here to have a peaceful convo without anarchist bot accounts. He spelled it anarchist. Anarachus, so the, so what, he he was watching Dune or something? Yeah, yeah, Anarachus, uh, arachnid bots, they have eight legs, uh, they're the no, anti- No, from, from, from Arrakis, Dune, the planet Dune. Yeah, it could be, Arach- yeah. no, it could be Arrakis, it could be, uh, it could be a- arachnids, it could be Antichrist, we don't know, he could have been going for anything. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, protected by anonymity, which anonymity also spelled wrong. Muck it up. <laughs> PR is for real life. And uh, this is, what do you mean for real life? So are people getting COVID not real life, Cody? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, that it kind of flies just, in the face of like your... Jordan Peterson ass word salad tweet. It's garbage. It's yeah. a garbage tweet. By the way, if you're really imitating uh, Ben Shapiro, you weren't talking fast enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I could have. I just wanted to make sure everyone could follow along. Yeah, well, I'm right. But I mean, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 the chipmunk voice. Yes, there's some, there's sure. some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. She's got that wet ass P word. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, you, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I, I, my God. I, I never, never get reading the WAP lyrics out of my head for the rest of my life. I, I, I never want to hear anything from that man ever again. And unfortunately, oh, he is on Chicago radio. Oh, it, gotcha. it, 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 in the slot formerly occupied by a veritable legend of broadcasting uh, in in one Mr. Stephen Dahl. So, but anyway, um, yeah, Cody, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> yeah, th- this up. Time, it's time for Cody to shut the fuck up on this one. Um, and he did delete the tweet and Take he did shut, shut up a little bit. But yeah, he, he, he should have taken a massive L here. Uh, he did not respond to that criticism well. He did like the he did some bad stuff regarding his AEW heels response and just all of it was bad. In conclusion, um, the AEW executive team should hand over all social media accounts forthwith to Chuck Taylor and Trent. You know what? This is my conclusion. I, 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 I can deal with that. My conclusion, the best friends should run all social media accounts related and, to all elite wrestling. And maybe, maybe if he gets if he gets signed to a contract, Warhorse. Okay. Yeah, let Warhorse tweet in all caps. I'm yeah, super okay with that's that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I could deal with it. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm really just like anyone on their roster besides them as this at this point would be an upgrade. Uh, get a social media manager, hire a PR person to do it. Just do anything besides like put your unabashed, dumb thoughts like right away unfiltered in the, in the middle of like this kind of criticism. You'll always look bad. Um, you know, you know I, 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 I say this quite a lot on this show and I'm going to repeat it again. I, I like this company. There's a, they they have a lot to offer. The elite are the absolute worst part about this company. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't even necessarily want to say that. Oh, I, I do. I will say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I will say that. Like, there as as wrestlers and as talent on the roster, the only one I'm really, really interested in seeing week to week is Cody. And I've talked about how I, I I do enjoy a Young Bucks match. I like watching them like do stuff in the wrestling ring, and they always elevate their opponents and stuff, which is great. But yeah, as far as like compelled by storylines and stuff, I, I just dig that Cody's giving people you know these matches that are fun. But yeah. 
Um, whatever, whatever yeah, with them. I mean, <laughs> again, you know, I, I, am still. I mean, Chris and I are still very upset about how the, 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 the second half of 2018 New Japan went, and it because <laughs> it was all elite all the time. Yeah, and I could. I wasn't watching too closely, but I was aware of the stuff, and I could imagine being exhausted by it. We by that. we nearly quit, especially with Bullet Club's you know inception and popularity, and you know having Finn Balor and AJ Styles and you know Kenneth uh, uh, pre Cody and pre Elite. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of really good stuff, a we, lot we, to like. There. We we nearly quit. <laughs> we we nearly quit. Right, I mean, I can understand the, the fatigue of having, you know, it's it's the NWO theory stuff, you know, oh, too yeah. much of a good thing will always turn on you. So, anyway, yeah, the 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 elite just really do not know how to do, it, which is ironic considering how it was the internet that that boosted them to this level as it is, but they cannot do social media whatsoever. No, uh, they 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 definitely can't. So I, I I hope they remedy that and continue to not, uh, look stupid online. Uh, you know, get better, get better. So moving on, moving on, let's talk the, uh, let's talk something positive about, let's definitely talk something positive. Let's get to uh, night two of the women's tag cup. Uh, I watched this. It's got its own little opening, uh, uh, little opening song and, and a little vignette thing now. Yeah, I, I actually have to say, I turned the corner. Uh, you, you, your argument convinced me after some thought and, and watching it, uh, you know, watching this week's episode, I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it is better for them that they got their own, you know, their own look, their own presentation. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of positive about that side of things. And again, I still think that people's criticism as far as like, well, fuck it, just make time on your main show because it deserves it has a lot of validity. Yeah, but, it does. However, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of merits in, in presenting it this way as well. And I, you know, they're finding the best way to do it. The people involved are doing a great job. The people that are on the screen are all doing a great job. You know, I, and that's I, the important thing. I I'm wondering maybe if they parlay this into maybe just a regular women's show that'd be interesting too that would be interesting too again there would be some you know. criticisms there too again that like why would you put just why, like relegating the women to youtube uh i would mm, there's there's some questions about that i still do think women should be featured more prominently on dynamite regardless of how good the show is i do too um there's they need to make more time for women's matches but i think this show is proof of that more than anything. Yeah. And I want to see it see it through so people and the biggest thing if you're a fan that wants to see women on the show more, watch this. Watch this and boost those views. Tell your friends about it. Share it to, you know, put a link in a phone, send it to somebody. Tell them to check it out. Boost the numbers for this and show AEW and show the executives there that the women's division is undeniable here and that you have to put it on your main show because there's the interest. So, let's get into uh, this week's matches. Uh, we had our, our draw with Big Swole drawing, I think it was gray was the color. Um, Drew Gray. Gray, and as did uh, little, little Swole. Who's Lil Swole? Nicole Swole. Savoy. Nicole Savoy from Shimmer. you love to see it. Yeah, that they started was... off with a I don't I don't know. Did you catch the don't be a menace nod at uh, when they when they uh, came into each other's proximity there? I did. That was very, very cool. I, I, I uh, had a big pop after that. <laughs> I, I, I did catch that. Uh, they were up against the team of Leva Bates and uh, Roche Chanel, who I, who I have, love. I have no idea who this is. I was impressed. Yeah, she's only been on Dark, and uh, I've loved every second of her since I've seen her. She had a couple other matches on Dark. She's great. 
Yeah, I I, I I thought this match was pretty damn good, and I yeah. we always want more Big Swole on, you know, we always want more Big Swole matches. This was a, a fun tag match. Yes, Nicole Savoy looked great in her first time on All Elite Wrestling. It, it, yes, she did. And... Very nice to see. Uh, and yeah, her her and Big Swole, great chemistry, you know, they'll have, they have a history. Uh, did a great job, you know, everyone got their shit in, and uh, Swole got the pin. And she even got to, could, you know, further her feud with Britt Baker. It was yes. a little, little aside. So that was good. Definitely, definitely. So. And, you know, they're, they're going to keep taking shots at each other. And inevitably, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get, to, get to more Britt Baker talk tonight. But, uh, yeah, that, that was a, it was a good match. It got to where we needed to be, which is Big Swole, Lil Swole moving on. The Swoles. It, they, they move on. They will face the Nightmare, the Nightmare Sisters uh, next week. Um, our second match tonight uh, of this show, uh, you were right. You were right. Yeah, I was Paul. right. Let's, let's, right. let's talk about how I love talking about how I was right. Jeff, one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> what what, what uh, do you go on about what you were right about? <laughs> so we, we talked about post the Ivelisse Diamante match, how, uh, I would not be surprised to see them together at some point, possibly even in this women's tag cup. And inevitably they did the right thing and paired Ivelisse and Diamante here in the women's tag cup. A great, a great pairing. Uh, you got, you had to do it. It was right there for you, and I'm really glad they executed this. Um, taking on another very, very interesting team. Yeah, uh, Dasha Gonzalez, the uh, the 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 uh, the 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 uh, backstage reporter, um, got press ganged into the tournament <laughs> by Medusa yes. Michelli, uh to be paired with the debuting Rachel Ellering. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! So glad to see Rachel Ellering back. Uh, she looks awesome. She had uh, uh, some pretty bad injury stuff go on out for like more than a year, right? Yeah, and she was, she, yeah, gone she was for gone a for a hot minute. Yeah, gone for a while. But, you know, someone who, you know, in her mid 20s made a name for herself very quickly, had some time in NXT, uh, had some May Young Classic time, had some great time in Japan, in Japan as well. And uh, yeah, and this match was pretty OK, too. I thought this I thought. shit banged. I thought this one really shined. Like, I think this is kind of the theme. Like, last week we had one, like, pretty decent match, and then one really good one. I think this week kind of the same thing. I thought the first one was pretty decent. I thought this one was very, very good, especially given the experience level of some of the people in the ring. You See, know, you have Ivelisse and Diamante as your vets, uh, your hands, but Dasha doesn't wrestle often, and Rachel hasn't wrestled in a long time, and both of them looked very good. Uh, you know what? I, I think it's the opposite for me. I think I preferred the first match more, but no, this was this was pretty okay. In in I in think my what really too. put it over for me is that Rachel looked fantastic. Uh, she did like, like she didn't miss a damn beat. Yeah, she, uh, it was, she like, was definitely you would the never be able to tell that this is a person who hasn't wrestled in over a year unless you were told that. Yeah, she, she was very she was clean. She her move set looked great. Her execution was fantastic. Even uh, uh, you know, with people that she hasn't seen a whole lot of in the ring, and even Lisa Diamante. Uh, hell of a match. Uh, she put on a really good show. I'm, I hope that this means that we're going to see more of her in AEW because she's a big time talent. Um, well, good news. Um, cause I, uh, we, we kind of talked about this off the air. I know you didn't, you did not watch, uh, dark this week. Um, not all of it, but I, I may or may not have it on mute as we were recording this. <laughs> Um, I, I'm just going to say that I, I did not watch all of it. I, I, I definitely skipped around. Um, I liked, uh, Ray Phoenix versus Lee Johnson, although everybody's freaking out because a, a, a cockroach was apparently going across the, uh, stage, uh, at one yeah, there point. Was a, there was match. a little guy running by there. Um, yeah, this is a reminder to everybody. This is outdoors in Florida. Yes, there are going to be bugs out. Oh yeah. <laughs> out there. It's going to happen. Um, 
The other thing I'd like to, uh, a couple of other things I'd like to point out. I did not watch this match, but I have to point out this has to be the outfit of of the year so far. Uh, the debuting Michael Stevens in a match against Kip Sabian, and uh, my God, that outfit is. 92. Yeah, all I saw was Mike. I don't know anything about Michael Stevens except for I saw his promo picture where he's doing the Kylie Ray pose, and I saw his entrance, and I already want to know a lot more. I like this guy already. Yeah, he looks it, great. He, yeah, he had uh, that 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 outfit is ninety two Scott Steiner, <laughs> absolutely. But with the shirt on, it's a little. It's got a little superstar Billy Graham in it. I think there's a lot to like about this guy. It's yeah. a great look. Um, you know, it, bring that old school wrestling stuff back, man. Give me bright colors. Give me give me ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, give me 90s Scott Steiner. Give me Billy Graham. Give me those kind of big flamboyant characters. Uh, in a in a more old school way, you know, that's that's definitely evolved. As I, you know, as I have the hybrid 2 on my screen right now, I think uh, the evolution of that in a, in a very modern way. Yeah, I uh, I, I did not watch you know, that match. It's nice it's nice when you bring it back. Um Briefly, also, uh, Private Party beat the team of Griff Garrison, who I'm really starting to, to come around to. Beautiful baby boy. That's my son. Uh, That's my me, child. Give me with Brian Pillman Jr. I have a story about Ooh. Brian Pillman Jr. Did you tell? I saw what was allegedly his, his actual pro debut uh, oh, really? in, in the winter of uh, 2018, or maybe it was winter 2017. One of those. Um it was it, 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 in the it was 2017. Now that I think about it, but okay. it, it was in the most bizarre place I have ever been to a wrestling show. Really, it was in, it was in the basement of the clubhouse of a low rent apartment complex on the southwest side of Indianapolis. <laughs> Wonderful, I love that. Fantastic, <laughs> and, and and from there I saw. Brian Pillman Jr. in what was allegedly his in-ring debut. <laughs> huh. Okay. Okay. Well, flying Brian, making a name for himself. He's lobbying very publicly to get him get an AEW contract at the moment. Yeah. Uh, he's working there without a contract, but he really wants to get signed. Um, I did also watch uh, Jurassic Express beat uh, Pineapple P, you know, good old Shug D. Oh, yeah. Uh, Corey Hollis and uh, a veteran of the, uh, the, the New Japan USA shows, Aaron Solo, Yes. Um, with the, the, the weirdest thing was, uh, Marco stunt getting the win basically by doing a razor's edge on, on Shug D and then, oh, that rules. and then moonsault and, and then, uh, moonsaulting. Good for Marco. We love to see Marco. Yeah, I was, I'm sorry. Away. A 450. My bad. Not even. Fantastic. Moon, yeah. You uh, love uh, to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm going to go back and watch that now. I love Marco stunt. Uh, I have a Marco stunt story that I will not tell on this podcast, uh, but Marco stunts a really cool guy. Oh my um, God. and it's nice to see him get put over. All right. You, you need to tell me this off the air then. Absolutely. Uh, and then I also did watch, uh, Penelope Ford beat. Um, I beat, I, I watched Penelope Ford beat, uh, Rachel Ellering. Ah, See, well, good to hear Rachel Ellering's got a, got an AEW dark match and continue to put Rachel Ellering on TV. Good to see yes. her uh, work in that comeback. As well as uh, Butcher and Blade beating uh, beating the Addiction, beating SCU, right. beating this was a Kazarian yeah, this was a full full in what nine matches, hour and a half AEW dark. Yeah, they definitely packed this one. So I mean, it's cool. Again, we we talked about AEW dark and like how they use it as like a match heavy uh, thing. And I think it's cool. Uh, there's been some good stuff in there, some stuff that's worth watching. And you know, the way you're doing it, just kind of skipping around to the stuff you want to see. That's fine, right? Yeah, totally cool way to watch that. You know, yeah, it's just, hey, it's just a way to supplement your your need for more wrestling if you need it, right? If you need it, yes. 
Sometimes it, you do. Sometimes you know you don't. <laughs> it, it, it's there if you need it. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. There. There was a. And also to circle back to Brian Pillman, another another bad poster around AEW. Don't give him social media control. Oh gee. Yeah. He no. Ooh. He he is kind Ooh, of a bad. Man. He is kind of a bad poster. It, yeah. It not a, not a good poster. No. No. Oh, well. All right. So that's uh, that's what we got for the pre-Dynamite stuff, I suppose. Yep. So with that, we go live. And I unfortunately do mean live. Yeah. Place. So not to break kayfabe, but we did record this thing in a couple of bits and pieces. And <laughs> we did think that this show was taped. And it turns out we were wrong. Yeah. Well, at least they say they were live. And... I know you're not really supposed to say that you're live if you're not live, but, you know, given all the deregulation that's gone on. <laughs> yeah, I although, you know, I I don't know, man, if the, this show appears to have been live and we'll get to some concerns about that. But let's uh, let, let's let's talk about the other stuff first yeah. before we uh, so, sell those. Waters. Anyway, we are live at D- Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, for episode 42 of AEW Dynamite. Your host Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Taz. So Taz back in the booth again. And we we uh, start right off with the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order. And the Bucks get jumped right from right from the start. Yes, they come out in some, some fresh new, like, cosmic bowling-esque uh, ring gear. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying really, to figure out what that color Big cosmic was. bowling energy, for sure. No, that's like, that's like Monday night at, like, your local suburban bowling alley. They do cosmic. You go, you have a nice time. Monday, you hit Saturdays you, where, where I. For been, you, oh, we, we we did it in weekdays in Michigan because we're oh, weird. Wow. But yeah, uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, we did that. You'd you watch some football. You'd hit on a girl that's way out of your league and just drink a pitcher of beer when you get rejected. <laughs> Wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, so the match itself, eh, it was okay. It was a you know, it, I thought it got fest. good the last minutes. Uh, definitely some good stuff. Like once Nick got like that stuff to the outside, uh, um. And like went over the guardrail and like the stuff from then on was pretty hot. There was some good things there, but uh, yeah, a pretty boilerplate Bucks match. Yeah, and this is of course the introduction for the for tag team appreciation night on uh, on AEW Dynamite, um, which is kind of weird because the two most hyped matches of the evening were of course singles matches, <laughs> but you know tag team appreciation night. Yeah, just a, a appreciation, not necessarily tag team focus night, but appreciation. For sure. Uh, so, you know, big surprise. Young Bucks get the win. It, I think it was, what was it, a roll-up, basically? Uh, yeah, they didn't hit, like, the big Meltzer driver or anything like that. But uh, yeah. there was some big stuff happening towards the end. Uh, some, like, pile driver reversal type stuff and, and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, this just kind of was what it was. I mean, we, 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 we've seen them wrestle a million times. Yeah, no, it it was fine. It was a nice start. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a big history, as uh, Taz did uh, mention quite often throughout the course of the match and, you know, made it known, which I thought was, you know, good commentary from Taz there. Well, yeah, even the Bucks tweeted uh, earlier in the week about, you know, from Reseda to Dynamite. It was like, oh, okay. I mean, it was cool. And, you know, Dark Order continues to have, like, one of the better collections of talent on the roster. Um, You know, I think the, the Super Smash Bros are great. Um, I think Stu Grayson is one of the most underrated assets on the entire roster. I think he's awesome. So, hey, more of him is good for me. Yeah, and uh, we're going to uh, hear more from the Dark Order later tonight. Uh, we then cut away post-match to a scene of MJF walking down the hall as if, mm-hmm. you know, as if to give a speech. Um, 
In between that, though, we have Kenny Omega and Adam Page in a pre-taped segment in which uh, Kenny Omega kind of blow V8s about <laughs> the Young Bucks a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and Page's reaction was very cool. Uh, uh, Adam Page was... was- Absolutely yeah. appalled by this. Yeah, so the question, they're they're asking tag teams throughout the night in a series of events, who's your favorite tag team of all time? Kenny Omega immediately says, oh, it's the Young Bucks. They're the best ever. <laughs> and a dejected Adam Page says, uh, oh, well, I, I, I thought it was going to, you know, you're going to say us, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, um, and uh, we, we'll get to that same question ourselves uh, later in the evening. Ooh. Yes, we will. Um we come back and we get a, a, a bog standard MJF campaign promo and already I'm fucking sick of this. You know, we, we've had some differing opinions on this whole MJF thing since its inception. I'm kind of starting to lean your way on this thing now. Um, I thought the, the introduction to it, you know, via the big speech and doing the big campaign thing was just fine to introduce the character and what we're going for in this angle and kind of, you know, the whole tone of it. They're landing on a little thick now. Um, I would much prefer them to tell this story in the ring. Let him go squash some guys, get some guys on the roster, give him some short matches and let him cut promos like in this style. We don't need to do the whole pomp and circumstance every week and the whole political thing and the podium and all this other shit. I know that there was a reason to get there, which we'll get to, but yeah, I thought it was too long and too much and, uh, we could be more useful with our time on this show. Yeah. Well, thankfully at the end of it, we'll probably put paid to this because of course, John Moxley shows up and, uh, immediately beats the shit out of him immediately hitting, saves the segment it, it, hitting a death rider right that's right on. it's called the death rider on this podcast that's we don't right. we don't shift any paradigms that's right no we we, we ride deaths so that's what we do um so yeah immediately saving the segment as you mentioned um moxley grabs a mic backstage and uh cuts a promo on him. you know i, I it, it just finally occurred to me about one of the things that make Mo- that makes Moxley's uh, Moxley's uh, promos so effective is that he doesn't rely on catchphrases at all. No, no, he does not. Yeah, he he does not. He, it's not nothing is set up for a catchphrase. You know. Yeah, it all feels very raw. It's very intense. We've talked about like his intensity and how it just doesn't have an off switch. It's always there, but really, especially tonight, just grabbing that mic and really going hard. Very old school feel, how you wait to get backstage to cut the promo, even though you could have just said it right to that guy's face like seconds before. It's just got it's got that old school feel. And one thing they did well, and we talk about AEW doing a good job like theming dynamite and having through lines. The whole tag team appreciation night and like the uh, uh looking back on great tag teams from those eras, the show did a good job uh, uh kind of paying homage to it through things like that yeah oh no it, it totally did um and speaking of backstage promos we have uh matt hardy after a recap of uh matt hardy <laughs> you know Ooh. uh busting a gusher so, uh, so did you hear this thing about maybe sammy used the wrong chair and that's why that matt bled so hard i read something about that i had not heard that yeah, so there is some talk about maybe Sammy using the wrong chair, and that's how it busted Matt open to the degree in which he got. I mean, uh, Matt needed 13 stitches, and they had it covered up on this show. Yeah. Uh, so this must – I didn't see – I don't know if Matt's posted pictures of it or anything. I didn't want to go looking for it because I'm assuming it's real gnarly. I mean, you know, accidents will happen. <laughs> it looks like one did because holy shit. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, but it made the segment, on, you know. Absolutely. You know, no question about that. I mean, you know, the, the color usually does. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, and uh, Matt Hardy takes us to the point where he just uh, uh, often just beats the shit out of uh, random referee Mike Posey. Well, um, Mike should have been standing there. You know, if we're going to start getting into this work shoot shit, you know. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily work shoot. Uh, you know, because what I thought was, was cool with that promo is how Matt did kind of one line from each iteration of his character for that like last paragraph of his promo there. I, I did notice that. That was kind of a, it was a fun usage of like the multi-character thing without overdoing it. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then, yeah, it kind of shows he's like he's really super pissed. And so like he's kind of losing it a little bit. He goes after the ref because the guy's dressed like Sammy Guevara. He's got the leather jacket and the hat on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought it worked. It worked for me. It wasn't bad, but uh, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna start getting like again, if we're gonna start getting, doing work shoot bullshit, you know, I, I just I just don't know. Is that work shoot to you? I don't know. It just feels like pretty classic wrestling stuff to me. Maybe. maybe yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we could table this discussion for now. <laughs> All right. I like so, it. <laughs> um, with that, we get our second match of the evening. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Scorpio Sky for the terrible neck tattoo title. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, to, to, to be fair, they did unveil uh, a brand new belt tonight. Which is the same belt, except the replies are turned off. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm just going to say that, for that being the finished belt, I really, I mean, I saw, like, some gilding on, like, so, some of the letters and, and maybe a, a different plate or two on the belt. So, I really don't see that I mean, much well, difference. it is a completely different belt, which we'll get to, but, so the, the difference is the, the TNT logo is in gold, um, the champion banner on the bottom is in red, and the side plates have gold trimmings. Those are the differences. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Ostensibly, it's essentially the same belt. Yeah, and I, I, so this further bleeds me to my theory of that you know this wasn't like a we couldn't get the right materials issue because like you're telling me it took you fucking six months to get like a bit of extra gold. I don't believe you. Uh, it hasn't been that long, but but may as well be. <laughs> I mean, like what three, March? Three months, right? No, it was that was May. That was oh, a double was or May? nothing. Yeah. Okay, so still three months. Yeah, it's, I it, don't it know. Seems unlikely. Believe, seems I unlikely. Like, yeah, it does seem unlikely. But uh, I guess they found the use for the old belt too, which we'll get to after this match. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, what do you think of the match? Well, I, I have a couple of notes. I, I did think that the um, that Scorpio Sky kicking the door down in the entrance. The start. I thought that was nice. I, I thought yeah. that was a nice touch. Yeah, um, definitely. And it referee, ties in with you know what he's been cutting promos on, like the stuff he's been saying on AEW Dark. So I thought that really worked. Yeah. Um, in addition, uh, referee Mike Kyoto. Holy shit. Yeah. Good. Good on Mike Kyoto. Keep getting those paychecks after the other guys uh, fired him at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. uh, amongst their record profits. Uh, as for the match itself, uh, this match was just bleh. To me, I'm, I'm uh, much like the Young Bucks match. It really got going in its last five minutes. Some really nice near falls toward the end. I thought the uh, the TKO reverse to the crossroads that Scorpio kicked out of was really good. Yeah, but there really wasn't any drama to this. Not I mean, really. We, we not... knew we knew Scorpio Sky was not going to beat Cody Rhodes. Uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to believe it, though. Much like his title shot against Jericho, which I still... Uh, contend that Scorpio should have won the night before Thanksgiving in Chicago. That's a, something I will. That's a hill I will absolutely die on. They should have put the belt on Scorpio that night and shocked the world. Now, see, no, because I, I, 
we on this show absolutely hated that super push. <laughs> I disagree. I wanted to strap a rocket to the guy's back. I think well. he should have been. I think he should have been put. He should have won the belt that night. Whether he held it for a couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years doesn't matter. They should have shocked the world, got the big mainstream attention on and eyes on them that night. Um, and you know, if he would have dropped it before back before the next pay per view, totally fine. But I think it would have been the one right time to do it on a show that people wouldn't have expected it on a night before Thanksgiving show. But in Chicago, in their home at the Sears Center, I thought that was the time. Hoffman Estates. Hoffman Estates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Schaumburg. Yes. No, Hoffman Estates. Schaumburg's okay. for just, south. It's just, okay, well, they can wrestle at the Ikea then. <laughs> so let me get some fucking meatballs, please. Uh, after the match, we go to the video, and Brody Lee is um, very loudly. like the, This is like the loudest we've ever heard Brody Lee cut a promo since arriving in AEW. And yes. he is Mad. going the fuck off, up to and including reminding us that there is going to be schedule changes uh, for Dynamite coming up. So we'll talk about that later on tonight. And it was nice of him to loudly remind us of that so we could uh, uh, get our shit together accordingly. What'd you think of the promo? Um, That promo was not bad. I, yeah, I, I really I liked it. Really good. Absolutely. And I especially like the fact that he used the, the old belt. I yeah, I, that's the one thing I'm a little bit on the fence on. Like, why does he have it? How did he get it? He just like saw it in the back and was like, I think I'm just gonna pick up this belt now. Like, you guys don't want it, or <laughs> I can just imagine I mean, Brody Lee walking by, be like, so you guys using this belt anymore? No one's got. Okay, I'll just take it then. Right. I'll, I'll, cool. I'll I'll use it. Yeah. I can, or like one of the Dark Order guys. <laughs> you imagine like uh like uh John Silver or somebody like found it. It's like Brody, Mister Brody, look what I found. Look what I found. Promote me. Is it gonna be like you know? Hey, you gonna you get the, eat the rest of that sandwich? You know, <laughs> you gonna use that belt? Yeah, I found it in catering, Mister Brody. <laughs> it was next to the chicken salad. Do you want it? <laughs> After yeah, that... but I want some chicken salad too. You're fired. <laughs> After that, we get private party um, opining about the Hardy Boys. Now, I. I, I'm really curious to know if if this is legit or if this is just because oh, they have Matt Hardy, Absolutely. uh, you know, you mentoring. Hardy and not say these dudes watched a shit ton of Hardy Boys growing up. Like that's very legit. I mean, uh, yes, but you know, the, the, there's there's varying degrees, are there not? Absolutely. I think, I, but I would, I mean, if you're a tag team on the level of private party, I'm just going to automatically assume the Hardys were very influential on you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I definitely can see it, but it's just, you know, it was kind of, you know, interesting considering, you know, how, how hard they've pushed the, uh, the, the Matt Hardy is mentoring, you know, private party. Hardy party, man. We just want to have a Hardy party. Our third match of the evening, uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Before we get into the match itself, I'm going to say that uh, bad move to be showing the DC Fandom uh, commercial when uh, considering Warner Brothers just uh, fired about one third of the of the DC Comics editorial uh, office. I, you know, I'm not Monday. very familiar with that world, but I, I, I did see that kind of going on. Of course, all the best to anybody who got axed because that's bullshit. Uh, mass firings during a global pandemic is like a special kind of evil. Uh, you know, WWE did it. You see DC doing it. And basically every company that's doing that uh, can eat a hot bag of shit. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you can thank Warner Brothers. You know, you can thank uh, TNT owners Warner Brothers for that. So very, very cool, very normal. Uh, uh, big movie studios love to do this kind of shit. So yeah. not real surprising, unfortunately. Cost cutting. Yeah. Um. In the meantime, we have the match, and Kenny Omega is a complete prick to Marco Stunt this entire match. Yes, he is. I mean, hey, I think you know he recognizes Marco as a real threat. He's trying to deal with him accordingly. Yeah, well, he 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 did his best to uh, he did his best to do that. Now, I will also give Kenny Omega credit because um, he he probably saved uh, Jack Perry's life uh, after Jungle Boy nearly <laughs> yeah, ate I, shit. I DM'd on that. you about that as soon as that spot happened. Oh, I, I yeah, already kind of already, got Olaid. Oh, I I, I already <laughs> had the note being written. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, he got I, kind of olayed it, but then just kind of arm grabbed uh, uh, Jungle Boy just enough that he didn't go just head first into the guardrail. Yeah, he, yeah, Jungle Boy nearly ate shit on that tope. Um, I mean, hey, Kenny Omega, like, despite you can make any criticisms you want, he's very good at professional wrestling. Uh, so yeah, this match it was okay. It did the job. A couple of good things. Marco got some really good shit in. I love the Luchasaurus throwing Marco over the ropes uh, onto, the, uh, onto the ground with people. I think that's a great spot. Uh, some some really good stuff there. Luchasaurus was the big bruiser in the match and kind of carried it and uh, did quite a good job. Finishes with a last call and the tag champs move on. So uh, with that, we cut backstage and Centennial Ortiz are trashing Dustin and Greg's gear. Aw. Damn. There's some... These bullies. Damn. Even pouring bleach on that shit. Yep, they bleach the gear and then turn the showers on. Damn. We're like, we ain't giving you no apology. Screw Damn. you guys. Okay, well, that's, that, this, this is professional wrestling, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I, I, I do... I love Santana and Ortiz, and kind of them being troublemakers is a lot of fun. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I keep... Uh... Continuing the theme of uh, Tag Team Appreciation Night, we have The Butcher and The Blade, uh, where they're opining about the Road Warriors, uh, which is okay. I mean, you know, it's it, it's a legit pick. Uh, oh, yeah. So I, I'm just going to throw... That's surprising. So I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, we, we may as well answer this ourselves. Uh, your, your top tag team. Of all uh, I want you to go first. I would like you to go first on you this. You want me to go first? Okay. I would love you to go first. Um, my opinion is that the, the, the best tag team type division we, we, we've ha- we haven't seen a better one since would have to be 90s uh, All Japan, in my opinion. So, and uh, the, the, the top team, the one that defined greatness in that division... Uh, was the Holy Demon Army of uh, Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe. So that would be my pick. All right. All right. And it's and it's great. And I love this, and I love that we're doing this, because it's going to really show what type of different wrestling fans we are uh, to our <laughs> listeners. So this is great for me. Um, you know, for me, my biggest exposure to tag team wrestling is like 90s WCW and WWF. And, like, I thought about this a lot, because I love tag team wrestling. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I really enjoy tag team wrestling. I enjoy tag teams for so many different reasons. And I love to be entertained by, like, the different aesthetics and different movesets that a lot of these tag teams bring. And I was racking my brain and I'm like, mm, maybe it's the Road Warriors. Maybe it's the Steiners. Maybe it's Harlem Heat. And, like, I'm just really racking my brain on it. But if we're really totally being honest with each other it's too cool it's brian christopher and scotty <laughs> it's too fucking cool oh no that's who it is 
Oh my I'm god! Sorry, they entertained me. They entertained me. Uh, They're they, the they, best. They, they, all right, they, they, they were right. champions. Okay, okay. They were champions. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's got All their I favorites, right? Christopher Lawler, rest in peace to a real one. I mean, you know, uh, you know, a, a very troubled soul. You know, you know, it, I, you know, something I forgot to do was I, I, I forgot to look up because you know, if we're talking about you know champion tag team champions who hate each other. You because, know, you know, we have Kenny Omega and Adam Page, and, you know, that's the angle they keep running with. I keep forgetting to look up how long, in actual fact, in, in, in 99 ECW, that Tommy Dreamer and Raven held those titles. I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Also, you got to think of stuff like uh, the Rock and Sock connection. Right. <laughs> but the, Classic, I mean, tenuous teams. So they had some chemistry for a while. And then also didn't... Austin and Kane or something, or Kane and somebody win some tag titles randomly. I think around that time. Kane and X Pac, I thought it was they Kane went, and X Pac. I know they ran together for a while, which was a very fun team. But they also had, but uh, no, there was also uh, the two man power trip when it was Austin and Triple H. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, I, I mean, how well do you remember '90s ECW? Not or well. '99 ECW. Okay, so like Raven rescue Tommy Dreamer on at the, the Dudley boys final appearance before they went to the WWF. And uh, so Raven made a shock reappearance in ECW after having at their Eric Bischoff uh, offered anybody could leave right now. No questions asked. And Raven was the only one who did uh, from WCW. So Raven shows back up uh, even flows uh, Bubba Ray Dudley and uh, you know, throws dreamer on top of them and and you know they they win the tag belts so they had this angle for a while where dreamer would have to defend the tag belts and raven would be nowhere to be found until like the last second of the match and he'll just show up hit an even that's a great bit hit an even flow and they win you know fantastic that's that's something I want to go back on and watch because I love that. <laughs> because ECW, <laughs> yeah, it's slowly turning into tag team appreciation night in this podcast. It, it really kind of is. With uh, and with that, we go to the actual tag team appreciation uh, segment. Oh yeah, in which the Young Bucks and FTR are with their uh, the the team that they're that they copycat the most. I mean, that they appreciate the most. Uh, the they're Rock and Roll Express, respective <laughs> kind of forerunners. I think you know if you were paying attention to uh, FTR for a long time, uh, the Arn and Tully comparisons have been happening since the beginning. If you like, I kind of thought Arn and Tully with these guys back when they were the mechanics on NXT. They've been wrestling like this forever. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. And Arn and Tully are in the ring, too. Uh, everybody's given their little speeches, including, you know, the Bucks you know, opining about, you know, the Rock and Roll Express and FTR confirming, hell yeah, I'm a, we're huge yeah. marks. There was one line that was a little bit uh, uh, hubristic in the Young Bucks saying that the Rock and Roll Express are like the original Young Bucks. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> Chill, well, dude. Because, you know, Chill it's, out. Because it's the elite and... That, that's how they roll. Um, yeah, yeah, calm down. My one quick Rock and Roll Express story is uh, their match in April 2019 against Santana and Ortiz at Spring Break Night Two was an absolute banger. It, that, that, Just was the awesome. one with, that was the 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 that was the Ricky Morton. Canadian yes, Destroyer it was the match, Ricky Morton it? Destroyer match, and uh, Santana cried afterwards. It was just an awesome match, an awesome moment. Um, you know, I I still love from from. Uh, that New Japan New York show uh, that happened, you know, the the one where somebody tried to sabotage the show by canceling the ambulance. Yeah, um, but that that six man with uh, with uh, the Ingobernables against uh, 
the Rock and Roll Express and Hiroshi Tanahashi ended up being uh, one of my unironic favorite matches of that year. Oh, nice. Because it, it was just like, it, it was just so fun, you know. Um, with all this being said, uh, by the time that Mike goes to Tully Blanchard, he starts going fucking ham. Yeah, um, so yeah, you get, you get some nice box. stuff from Ricky, and you get some nice stuff, you know, everyone talking about how great everyone is. But then Tully gets the mic and says, you know what? Fuck you, Arn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate your ass. So meanwhile, Sean Spears. Which, starts... I mean, this this so this dates back to, uh, was that all in? All out. Oh, was that all out they did? That happened, that, yeah, it was that all out last year. That was all out, yeah, when Arn hit Tully with that spine buster. Right, exactly. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't Tully, it was Sean Spears. Oh, did he hit Sean Spears with it? Yeah, Tully wasn't. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. And uh, so you see, Sean I was Sp- on a lot of edibles that night. I was in the building, but <laughs> you know, very, very on edibles. Uh, so Sean Spears sneaks, tries to sneak up. Uh, Arn figures it out immediately, gets the fuck out of Dodge, and then uh, FTR attacks the Rock and Roll Express. What the fuck? Yeah. Hey. Motherfuckers. Hey, you know, gotta do what you gotta do, man. That's what they do. So uh, th- this brings out Omega Fuck and Page. Yeah, this brings out Omega and Page, and e- even Page is appalled by what he's he's just witnessed. <laughs> maybe, but, you know, maybe, like, maybe the heal- maybe the maybe the healing can begin. I don't think we're going to begin healing. If anything, more wounding appears to be in the future. And then we cut backstage, and referee Mike Kyoto is being interviewed. Chris Jericho is basically trying to hassle him into you know throwing the match <laughs> yeah chris jericho is is here he's there he's, he's there, there. Oh, he's certainly in the building he certainly is there and working and uh <sighs> this is where i have concerns yeah well let, let, let's uh yeah let, let, let's move on to the uh let's move on uh as we go to commercial and uh sammy guevara is back with his cue cards and i had to go do something so i didn't yeah even so the cue card there was a little cue card conundrum here uh according to the people that were watching it on fight you know you can hear the the, the ad cues and stuff uh-huh. so he was told he only had like 15 seconds and like did his cue card thing really fast mm-hmm. but then they told him to stretch and he had to pick up all the cue cards again and like stretch it out and it was pretty funny. oh no <laughs> yeah yeah he's like oh fuck what do i do and that was kind of mid-led to a <laughs> To a little oops live TV type moment. Yeah. So the, finally the picture in picture did something. Um, like JR said, you're going to love it. <laughs> JR had a funny line earlier in the night. I think it was during the the, uh, the tag title match where he mentioned something about uh, winning a, a brand new car. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, 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 I admit, I chuckled a little bit. Um, JR's on, he's on, you know. Uh, our fourth match when we come back from commercial, Hikaru Shida in a non-title match against Heather Monroe, who the I am Dave not familiar. Heather Monroe, good for Heather. No, she's she's been on the Indies for quite a while, put in a lot of work, and uh, nice to see her get the shot. Uh, she's really good on social media, um, and uh, yeah. Happy to see uh, anyone. Uh, and, you know, we talked about this during the women's stuff. One of the things that they are doing well in the midst of, like, ha- you know, some talent not being available is bringing in new people on the women's side of things and giving people shots. So that's cool. I'll, I'll you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, I, I will know that for all the, all the talk we did about, you know, giving women a shot and Heather Monroe started off strong, but this ended up being a squash. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a too short of a match. Uh, the fact that the only time we've seen our women's champion at all um, in two weeks is just this short match, and then you know a, a one sentence uh, uh, interview question answer that 
she's still open to beating fighting anybody because creative doesn't have a storyline for her i guess is uh kind of insulting to the women's division yeah. overall i will say this i did like the stretch muffler finish oh yeah yeah very cool finish and uh bringing that arm back was really nice uh, yeah, really good stuff there. But yeah, I mean, again, this is this is why we have people writing open letters on the internet, you know, for for shit like this. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it it doesn't really help their cause, and uh, you know, I think it ties back into a lot of the stuff we talked about earlier in our con- conversation regarding Brandy AEW heels and the women's tag team tournament, which uh, they did announce. Which I don't know is that is that the next segment? Did they announce this? Yeah. So, well, first of all, we get the, we get Jake Roberts and Lance Archer in the lock uh, in the locker room, and while Lance Archer is beating kicking fuck out of everybody, um, including tearing jake roberts shirt off to reveal that everybody dies is written on jake roberts's back i mean uh, that's many people die the only is, thing i really cared about in this segment was i really really need to know who owns that r2d2 suitcase that was over right, our I, I saw that's my that. only question about i this. saw that um, who's got the, uh, my first guess is it's either sheeta or nyla that's those are my my guesses <laughs> well my guess well, well they in their long, wrong locker room then <laughs> oh yeah i guess that is the men's locker room isn't it <laughs> yeah Okay. Well, if that's just the men's locker room, then who's the guy? Oh, it, now now it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm going to lobby. My guess would be Brandon Cutler. Okay. That's a, that's a pretty valid guess. Although I feel like he's an even bigger dork. I'm going to go like, with like a Lovecraft thing or like some fucking Lord of the Rings or like D&D shit. Yeah, you know, if he's possibly. I don't um, know. Who's the Star Wars guy on the road? Besides Cody, and I feel like Cody has his own dressing room. He probably does. You're right. Okay, so on that note, let's let's talk about this. Um, so we have uh, schedule changes we happening. Do. Yes, we do. Um, as hinted earlier, due to the NBA and, and everything, you know, getting borked up because of the pandemic. Live and all from that. the bubble, baby. So, um, so long story short, uh, next week's dynamite. Uh, Saturday, August twenty second at six p.m. East, uh, five p.m. Central. The following episode will be on Thursday, August the twenty seventh at eight p.m. Eastern, uh, seven p.m. Central, and the episode on September the sixteenth will be on September the seventeenth at eight p.m. And then, uh, yeah, and then in the, between that, you have All Out on September 5th. Yeah, well, which is a Saturday as well. So, uh, long story short, um, we're going to be... So, the next couple episodes of Boom Goes Dynamite are going to be late because of this. Well, they, because you know, obvi- it, it depends on how you define late because, you know, they're late too. Well, right. That's what I was saying. It, it, it's not going to be in our usual time slot because, you know, Dynamite will not be in there. It's We won't have anything. Slot. I mean, we could do it. We just wouldn't have anything to talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll just do the we'll just do the podcast on the regular day and be like, uh, well, TNT, we'll just watch whatever TNT is playing. Like, oh, uh, I guess this podcast is about Jack Reacher now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be the NBA, probably. Welcome to mm-hmm. Boom Goes the Jack Reacher. <laughs> You know, I think there will be some people who... Uh, well, hey, Boom Goes Dynamite is a basketball catchphrase at its core, so... Oh, that's true. And, you know, I don't think I've ever actually said this on the air why I picked that particular one, other than it fit the, it fits, you know, with the, the dynamite. But it's because of that, that poor kid who, who coined that phrase, that was on at 
the TV station of my alma mater, Ball State University in Muncie, oh, Indiana. Right. Wonderful. So that was kind of an inside joke to myself. Ah, that's cool. I mean, that's one of the most classic internet videos really ever. And that guy went on to have a career. So that, uh, good for him. That was like one of the earliest, you know, meme videos, really. But yeah, yeah it, it, it generated from Muncie, Indiana. So wonderful. There you go. The Midwest producing the best sports content around. That's what we do. Uh, I, I still can't remember where, which, uh, which state it was. I think it was Minnesota, but it was the, 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 the guy, the, the, the kid out of college had his first gig as a, uh, as a, as a, as a newscaster. It was like a, on a Sunday night newscast. So, you know, he, he's, he's getting, breaking his, you know, cutting his teeth in and then the camera fades up. He doesn't realize he's on the air. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's uh, so when I was in broadcast school is one thing uh, one of my instructors like to do is show us videos that he collected throughout his travels uh, in the in the newsroom of hot mics and, and flubs and errors and uh, oh, brutal stuff, man. Oh, brutal yeah. oh stuff. I believe it. No, I, I, I've been there, too, man. That's that's what I was we've doing. all been there. Absolutely. We've all been there. Speaking of brutal, Hot those mics down, folks, uh, be like Arn Anderson. Turn the mic off. Speaking Another of professional br- move that Arn did tonight, he turned that mic off before he dropped it. You didn't hear the thud. That's true. You didn't. Our final match of the evening, our main event, the $7,000 obligation match between Chris Jericho and yes, Orange sure. Cassidy. Oh. I had not getting all cute and saying Le Champion or anything like that. Um, my, the first note I have. The super spreader, Chris Jericho. The, the, the first note I have on this match is this better be taped. Uh, it doesn't look like it was so bad nope. news for yeah. you and for everybody else that came within six free to Chris Jericho. Oh boy. Um, the second note I have on this match is I see the Southampton away shirt, uh, in the crowd. So somebody in the crowd is wearing a, the away shirt, uh, uh for Southampton FC. So, uh, oh, look at okay. That. Yeah. That, that's where my football knowledge will, would come in uh. handy. So, yeah, I mean, the match was fine. Uh, it, it, you know, they, they did they, kind of a lot of the same stuff you saw in their first match. Uh, Chris Jericho, one thing I'll say about Chris Jericho positively amongst all this bullshit is how impressive it is that he can still just nail that lion salt at over 50 years old. Um, yeah. He really can just really execute that move. It's pretty amazing stuff. DDP yoga, folks, it works. Um, and, uh, yeah, and also how red his face got uh, pretty much immediately. Hmm. Well, I hope that didn't coincide with uh, with a fever and a cough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, referee Mike Kyoto played his part, you know, acting like he was going to throw the match. And then, yeah, yes. of course, he was asked gonna... to, quote unquote, do the right thing by Chris Jericho as Jericho grabs a baseball bat, tells Kyoto to turn around. Kyoto does for a second. And he's like, no, I have a conscience. That's right. No. And then, you know, of course, we get the run-ins with Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager. Um, yeah, so the best know. friends stop Santana and Ortiz, but while Kyoto's paying attention there, Jake Hager runs in in a fucking Fred Perry polo, as if the dog whistles can't get any louder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I saw that yellow collar. Fuck Jake Hager. Yeah, fuck him. He sucks. Yeah, he does suck. Um, and he he does the big, uh, does a body slam to Orange Cassidy. Uh, two count. Kick out. Thank you. We yep. get uh, another. Looks like uh, uh, you get. We get a big Superman punch. Which man, Cassidy's really gotten crisp on that Superman punch. Looks great. Oh, looks I, thought he, great. I thought he's looked great on it ever since he did it to to pack at at, at uh, 
Yeah, yeah. No, it, within this AEW run, he's really gotten that move down and has made it really effective when he throws it. Um, so that looked great. Uh, the Michinoku driver was real nice. And uh, he gets him with a mousetrap pin. Yeah. There's one we haven't seen in a minute. Uh, I think he's used it before. In I think, yeah, I haven't seen it in a little while. I think he though. did it on like Jimmy Havoc or somebody. Ah, uh, okay. I think. And, yeah, I didn't realize it was a mousetrap pin. I call it like something like a a, a gato clutch or something. You know, but, uh, yeah. But yeah, he um, hits him with that, gets that three count, and uh, is uh, relieved of his seven thousand dollar debt obligation. He is. However, uh, he might be testing positive any day now. Yeah, and so. without health insurance, that shit's expensive. Yeah, not, not not even all the vitamin C in the world is going to help with this one. So. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, so, yeah so, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to get too into anything or go, like, be an alarmist for something that hasn't happened yet. Um, I can only hope that all the proper protocols were taken prior to this match. I still don't think this match should have occurred, and I think Chris Jericho should have stayed away from AEW for, the, for two weeks. Um, however, they didn't, and here we are. Uh, if people start getting sick uh, in a couple weeks in AEW, we'll know who to blame, and the fans should have a lot to say about that. Yeah, uh, I I still think as good as this match was, uh, I I couldn't really fully get into it because I still think, you know, much like yourself, it was completely grossly irresponsible. Irresponsible is the right way to put it. Yeah, I think Jericho had no business being in that grossly building. Grossly irresponsible. Uh, that's the and that's the biggest thing is Jericho should not have been in that building uh, tonight. So I, I really hope this doesn't lead to any negative consequences for anybody. Obviously that's not what we want. I hope Jericho stayed safe in Sturgis. Although from what I've seen in Sturgis, I don't know how the hell that's even possible. Uh, that's a fucking, that whole thing's a disaster. Yeah. Um, it's a disaster. Most, years. I, I think regardless of Chris Jericho or not real life note, I think, uh, the whole country is going to feel the effects of this stupid fucking thing in a couple of weeks. And, uh, it's very upsetting. Yep. Oh yeah, no, it, it, yeah, it's over. I mean, let, let, let's face it, we 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 are now a a complete disease vector. Yeah, that's basically it. The entire uh, country is a disease vector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We let this thing beat us. So there we go. Yay! And no one's coming to save us, folks. Take care of each other. Yep. Yeah, that that, that that's that's about it. So yeah, with that, I, I really don't feel like doing a pros and cons after this because I mean, it's. it's Again, you know, the, what was supposed to be the match we were all looking forward to uh, got ruined, you know, in in a large way. By, yeah, by I mean, the match this. was what it was, but yeah, I think just there was no way for me to feel comfortable with it. Um, and I don't know how anybody could have felt comfortable with it because it was a bad idea. Uh, so hopefully in the future they take better precautions and hopefully this doesn't lead to any negative consequences. That's all we can say, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And unfortunately, we probably won't know anything. Or at least, you know, another uh, couple weeks to uh, where, uh, you know, in, in 10 days, so. in 10 days, Jericho's going to be right back on the show. Yeah. And we have. Yeah. And with this, uh, this new schedule. Um, yeah. So we may be talking about this uh, in a couple in, in about 10 days. Yeah. So I guess uh, since you're not going to hear from us, we might as well uh, tell them where to find us. You can find me on Twitter. In the meantime, at ThickFlareTTV, all C's, no K's. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. You will not see any streams until the beginning of September, but you can follow me there for when I come back. Also, I'm just going to plug some reading material that I have. I finally had the opportunity to, to purchase uh, Aubrey Citizen's wonderful comic book story of professional wrestling. 
uh, written by Aubrey Citizen, drawn by Chris Marino. Uh, it's very cool. I'm very excited to dig into it a little deeper. Um, I just got it today. So uh, a lot of people ask, like, what's a really good like wrestling history companion that's easily and digestible, like in documentary form or something? I think this is probably it. And I think, uh, you know, your listeners and people that, you know, know you from comics and stuff would probably agree. Um. I, uh, I, I, I have, uh, I have flipped through the book before. Um, if I have one criticism of it, it's that, um, I, I think sometimes he, he didn't space, uh, he, he didn't take proper time with certain subjects. I mean, right. I, I mean, obviously there's like a limited, there's a page count he has to. Yeah. Make. And that's the idea of the, and the book but, is supposed to be like a way to introduce you to different things and then have you kind of look deeper on different stuff yourself. Yeah. But then again, you know, to, to, to distill the four pillars, you know, from all Japan into one panel, I think that was a little, little disingenuous. Understandable. And especially from uh, someone with such familiarity to, to that part of the art form as you, I mean, I mean, he could have done at least a page on, on that era, you know, both, you know, even if he has to, you know, combine, you know, all Japan, New Japan, maybe even FMW, because that that was the time too. Mm. You know, FM, you know, Onita and 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 his death matches. You know, all right. But I'm definitely excited to read it either way. Well, it, yeah, do do let me know what you think of it. Uh, you could find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel two S is one L. Um, I dro- we dropped a uh, busting balls. Over the weekend, so uh, listen to that. Uh, Chris and I are going to be doing a strong style story this coming weekend, so uh, stay tuned for that as we head towards uh, Summer Struggle in Jingu, uh, the, their their outdoor show. And then uh, quickly, because uh, yes, yeah, so it's, it's going to be at least ten days before we get we get another episode of this. I'm just going to uh, pour one out for the World Cast, uh, uh, Pete, Kelly, and Johnny. Uh, ending their run next week, probably next Monday, uh, with uh, ep- with episode 100 um, to to wrap it up. Uh, they're they're ending the World Class Championship Wrestling retrospective on a high. And uh, all right, from what I understand, Pete and Kelly are even though Kelly is kind of the de facto head of this here network. Um, both Pete and Kelly are hanging up the mic, as it were. So, well, congratulations on a, on a great run, then. Yeah, the, yeah. Worldcast really was always one of my favorite shows. On well, uh, well, Jeff, I guess it's one step closer to us taking over this network and then the world. <laughs> Some people seem to think I already have. Well, if in I, that I, case. If, if, I, if I, I'm already working on like another project. Well, Jeff, but, world domination's only been a hobby of mine, but I'm happy to step up to the plate. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm looking to do another podcast, uh, another podcast thing, and I, I'm actually debating whether or not I'm going to bring it to this network because mm. I've already have three other shows. <laughs> well, you might want to discuss that one a little more off mic. Yeah, we will. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, salutations and fairly well to uh, to the world cast. So. Uh, until then, um, I guess it's going to be a week from Saturday or a week from Sunday when next you hear. We'll, uh, we'll see you in 10 days. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our special, super action-packed extra episode, and we will see you soon. Yep. Uh, you take care of yourselves, and please be careful out there. It, it, don't go to Sturgis. It, don't go to Sturgis. We'll and see if you're an adult, stop buying fucking AEW toys. Let kids have them. I don't know, man. I I, I do want to get that uh, the, the the Pentagon figure. I have to have that. Still, let ki- let, let kids have them though first. Well, yeah. I mean, they 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 can get their shot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just imagine you pulling a toy out of a kid's hand. No, you little shit. It's mine. I would, I would never. I would <laughs> never.
All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Some, sometime next week. We'll see you next <laughs> week. Bye.